Hi. Wait, which one am I? You're you're high on the low. Hi. Hello. <laughs> I'm Julian. I'm Tom. We've only been doing this like how many times you don't know that you're you're famous for the phrase hi. Everybody talks about it. This is our thousandth episode. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> we are Team Binge. And no surprise, but we're here to talk about episode eight of a little show called The Outer Range. This episode range, is range, called range, range. The, West. the West. The West. The West. Tom? Yeah. What did we say in the very beginning? When we started the show, <laughs> we were like, man, it starts so strong, and we cannot wait in eight episodes for it to land the plane and for mm-hmm. it to wrap it all up. We don't know where this roller coaster ride is going, but we know <laughs> it's going to safely end at the little place where you get off on the other end of the roller coaster and you feel satisfied <laughs> and the journey's been complete. And. Mm-hmm. You have watched episode eight, correct? I have. I've watched the finale, correct. I have watched episode eight, the finale. Mm-hmm. Where are you getting off of this? Where do you feel the roller coaster has stopped and it is forcing you off? Uh, wh- where are you? You know when you go on those like loop-de-loops um, and like you're at the very top of the loop-de-loop and you're like, oh, this <laughs> is great. And then you're super scared, and you're like, oh, man, I hope yep. this comes down. Yeah. It never came down. Okay. Now, I want to say for the they top. They so kicked you I, off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They just unbuckle your seatbelt, and then you go, <laughs> Um awesome. I, the first watch of this, I was kind of bummed with you. Like, I, I don't know if this landed very well. My biggest gripe is I'm all for you wanting to set up a second season and leaving some mystery, but my biggest issue was the fact that this show has not been picked up for a season two. Um, Amazon Prime has not committed to it to leave so much mystery and ask so many questions without the knowledge of being able to do more for the viewing audience. I think did a disservice because they only answered a handful of questions um, in this finale, and I felt like it didn't it didn't do enough to wrap it up in a clean season. Like I think a good finale should leave it open for uh, mystery for the potential of a next one, but it should still have a satisfying conclusion and that's where i think this one missed but i will also say going back and watching it again and kind of reading some articles afterwards and theorizing i do think there's some still a lot of fun stuff in this show that will be fun to if they do more episodes and more seasons to dive deeper into um but yeah that's that's where i landed on this this season in this series so hit me what do you think listen I thought this was a strong episode, but it's not how I wanted the season to end because, Mm -hmm. like you, I appreciate getting to the end of the ride and being able to look at the pictures of me screaming and buying a (laughs) t-shirt, but this episode didn't do that. And you're right. We don't know whether or not our questions will ever be answered, but isn't that life, you know? Isn't it just all? I mean, based on the amount of money, (laughs) based on the amount of money they put into CG, I would imagine they could probably afford a second season. Let's start there, Tom. They were (laughs) someone was pocketing the CGI uh, (laughs) FX budget. That's for sure. Because where do we start? We start with Sheriff Joy, and I think I mentioned in the last episode. All I cared about was where Sheriff Joy was going and what she was Mm going to see. And to the show's credit. 
They gave me that storyline. They didn't leave me in suspense. <laughs> Does she ride mm-hmm. a mastodon? No, but we get the next best thing. She follows the trail of magic dust. At first, I thought it was like a a, a, a fissure or a schism mm-hmm. or neither of those are words, but a crack in the ground, we'll say, for those of you who are laymen. Um but I think it was magic <laughs> dust, right? That she was following a trail of? That would be my assumption, yeah. Okay. Strong affirmative from Tom. Um, <laughs> so We, we don't can't. get a close-up. Like, all we do is get this big, like, bird's-eye view aerial shot of her kind of following it. And then the magic dust, fissure, crack, whatever, just kind of disappears. And she steps over, like, a log, which, you know... Who knows where it transports her. Listen, later in the episode when Luke's hand is covered in it, I was like, oh, he found oil. That's cool. That's how like little I understand the CGI of <laughs> um, of the magic dust. But mm-hmm. yeah, so what does she run across? She runs across a giant herd, a giant herd of buffalo mm-hmm. uh, without a doubt. I mean, I would love to know how many buffalo wranglers they had on uh on site in order to get i mean there must have been a thousand real buffaloes running on screen like i didn't even think there were that many uh in the u.s because we (laughs) shot them to extinction a while back um but they look i do want to ask when i when i saw this is have we been saying this wrong is it are they bison or are they buffalo or is that term interchangeable so I've read some articles after the fact that's called the bison, and I'm like, uh-oh, did we make a boo-boo? I think the American buffalo and the American bison are interchangeable, if not the same. But they may also be different. Do I care? No. <laughs> Please no one write me at teambingepodcast at gmail.com. I don't care if I'm wrong on this one. <laughs> we get a voiceover of Josh mm-hmm. Brolin, and... Man, when I die, Tom, I would like you to pay... What's the thing where you can get a celebrity to say something? Cameo? Cameo. I'm sure mm-hmm. Josh Brolin's on Cameo because he's not a very busy man. Um, I would like you to get a cameo of Josh Brolin reading the lyrics of um, Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. For okay. <laughs> um, the balloon releasing ceremony that you guys will be doing for my funeral, um, but okay, we get a voiceover. Of Bro- Thank you, thank you. I see you taking that <laughs> note. I see that hand. Um, grace is a given thing. If you seek it, you'll find it. He's like when I was a boy, I used to listen to the preacher, and God was good, and everything was good. Then I shot my dad. And when I watched those bullets go into his chest and come out the other side, and then I think that's where it stops. I think he finishes it uh, in a little while Mm -hmm. uh, because then we see Perry falling through the void. And I miss Perry, He's doing his best. He's doing his best space mime impression. (laughs) He does a great job. (laughs) This was the only time we see Perry in this episode. I wanted more Sad Sack Perry, but we don't get Sad Sack Perry. We get Cece bearing Baby Bear and Mama Bear. Uh, BBB mm-hmm. and BMB, um, <laughs> I believe is the acronym. And then Brolin comes in and he's like, and then it hits me, God is everything. Everything good and bad. And I was like, okay, cool. Here we are, show. Take me to the promised land. 
And All right, give me your give me your theologic, uh, you know, spiel about God is everything. God is good. God is bad. What what are they What are they going for here? What's the thoughts? Lay it on me. Oh, I think his thought is that if God is like created everything and is in everything, then he's not just in the good. He's got to be in the bad as well, which, uh, listen, based on my 18 (laughs) years in seminary, uh, that's not necessarily what it says. God is good. Um, So is the game of pool, which I'm going to transition by saying, uh, I watched The Color of Money recently, and go watch The Color of Money. Don't watch this episode. Um, what is that transition? That is, you, you've got to give me more than just that. Oh, well, allow me to say this. I apologize. In the last episode, I said that Perry was in the flash forward. Tom lovingly reached out to me and let me know that, no, Perry was not in the flash forward. It was Rhett in the flash forward. So... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what's right and what's wrong and what's good and what's wrong and what is God, Tom. I don't because I thought Perry was in the flat forward. So now I'm just super confused. What I'm not confused that, about... That's making you question your faith? Yes, yes. Perry not being in you the like flat forward. You right now? But then my faith came right on back because I watched Royal go into the barn, grab the old rifle and ammo. Um, <laughs> based on... The amount of boxes he grabbed, that's like $400 in ammo. And this is then where we transition to Autumn. And she's like, "Uh, I need guns. And she says this to a (laughs) white-haired, long-haired guy with like a beard and a mustache outside a pawn shop. And his response, I don't even think these two have met before, right? Like, this is clearly a, there's not even a high. It's just like, red, red jumpsuit woman says, I need guns. The guy's response, we got him. And then they go inside the <laughs> store. Like, how great is that? Um, he's like opening up the store, like grabbing his keys, opening it up. He's like, oh, good. First customer who needs some guns. One of the people in Congress must have watched this scene because they just passed gun legislation. So I'm assuming it's because of this episode. The and it's uh, all fixed. The, um, then we cut to... Um, Amy and Rhett in the kitchen, right? There's just a lot of mm-hmm. like silence, and we're kind of catching up with all the characters in this. And Amy's like, Hey, Uncle Rhett, have you seen my dad? Because I need a ride to school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she's like, Hey, are you going to win the rodeo? And he's like, Nope. And he's like, Because I feel like poop. <laughs> and she's like, I think you're going to win. And I don't know. This seemed like a exchange between two people where one has a driver's license and he could very well be like, I'll give you a ride to school because we're family and you're a child. Uh, also, well, maybe he eventually does. We've seen they Amy don't ride cover the it bus. Here. So now I'm wondering mm. if Amy's not trying to trick Rhett into getting into the vehicle so that she can then murder him. I don't know. Can I ask, though, you can were ask you whatever excited, you want because to- I don't know what's going on. Were you excited to hear this? Like when we, when Amy says, "Like, oh, you're gonna win that rodeo tonight," I was like, "Yes, we're gonna get the rodeo finals. They're not gonna leave us hanging on this one." I was excited. Yeah, I, I think I theorized last uh, episode <laughs> that the rodeo was going to be the turning point of this whole show, and boy, <laughs> was I right. Um, no, I, I was excited to hear we were gonna get. I just enjoy Red as a character, so I was fine mm-hmm. with him moping around. 
uh, as he's prepping himself to get thrown around by 400 pounds of bull muscle. We then cut to the Tillerson house, and nothing brings anyone as much joy as it is to hear Billy singing. And I don't even remember, I didn't even write down what he's singing in this scene, uh, because I was baffled, quite frankly, um, by what he's doing to Wayne. Tom, I'll give you the floor. What's he doing to Wayne, who seems to be passed out? Yeah, he's still seemingly passed out in his, you know, I got excited I found a void coma thing. Uh, but he pulls a little baggie, <laughs> which which looks like a baggie of, like, you know, black cocaine. It's, like, literally looks like drugs. And he just starts, which we assume is the magic dust the or the rock, whatever, and just starts, you know, trickling it over his lips and then eventually puts a little bit on his forehead, uh, which, I mean, just absolute gold, all while he's serenading his father with this this ballad. Um, it made me think though, like, what is he actually like sprinkling on him? And my first thought was like, okay, these have to be like Oreo crumbles. His dad loves Wayne Tillerson. <laughs> the Oreo magnate loves, um, <laughs> loves Oreos. So yeah. Um, I got corrected once. Did I say it right? I said magnate. Uh, I think before I said magnet. Um, so I'm not real sure what the right word is, but just, I think it's magnate. But Magnate. either way, they both All stick right. to steel. That's true. Um, <laughs> I really like Billy singing. I cannot say that enough. <laughs> and it makes me feel an emptiness in my own soul that I don't have a singing voice because Billy sings so well. We then cut to the dead owl room where Billy and Luke are <laughs> looking over the dead owls. And we find out that Wayne would kill them. Uh, and bring them home in his gym bag. So, As one does. As one does. I don't know. <laughs> I did not get the sense whether or not he would like hit them with his car or whether or not he would <laughs> shoot them with a gun uh, or whether or not Wayne's like, hey, I'm going to work out, and he'd take his gym bag, and his workout was him just ta- chasing owls in the field, um, like some sort of weird Rocky Balboa training montage. It's just Wayne Tillerson. <laughs> chasing down and then thumping owls over the head <laughs> with a stick. We find the names of these owls. They're normal names, Tom, as as you would name an owl. It was Prudence, mm-hmm. Integrity, Hope, and Luke. And why is it called Luke, Tom? Because that was his favorite owl. So is the idea here that, like, this is just trying to show us that Billy loves his brother and there is an affection there. Like it was just super odd that there's seemingly not a Trevor owl. There's only a Luke owl. I don't think we uh, got to the Trevor know. owl, but I'll okay. give you a I'll give you a purely hypothetical, Tom. You walk into my into my house and I've got uh-huh. I don't know, seven stuffed bears that are all real bears. That were murdered by my cold hands or the hands of my father. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, that one's name is Bear, that one's Baby Bear, and that one's name is Tom. In that moment, do you feel like it's a compliment or is it kind of a weird, like, threatening gesture that you named the dead animal that you stuffed and put in the house Tomas? I would feel very threatened when you put it like that, especially if it's a bear. Bear's a little more intimidating than a little owl. Okay. Well, I won't run it back with a different type of animal, but yeah, this one was, this one was mad. This one was mad. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, 
he then Luke then says, "Does Dad know about the hole?" And Billy mm-hmm. says, "I think so." And I got confused here because I thought we were pretty much on the page of like Wayne found the hole. He was celebrating. Or he comes into the house just saying, like, I found it, I found it, and then starts slowly kind of degrading. And I think they, they probably didn't even know maybe what he was saying or what he was implying. So I think the assumption is that he found it. And I think that's what Billy even says. Like, yeah, I think so. But okay. they don't know for certain. And then Luke very quickly says, does he know what it's worth? Tom, what? He's like, it's a mother load of money. What is a hole in the ground worth? That has a bunch of <laughs> like weird CGI smoke. Why does Luke immediately think this is a money maker? I didn't. I didn't understand this at all. People once again react to this hole in such a strange way <laughs> that I'm a little bit baffled. Well, we talked about it last episode and theorized that Luke is looking at this hole monetarily, but we saying that we asked the same question last time, like what is in this hole that he sees dollar signs in? And you could argue later when he starts digging and then like puts his hand in what seems like oil, and I think he almost thinks it's oil at first, but then starts to do its shimmery, you know, timey-wimey stuff. Um, I think he just understands that it's rare and it's, you know, unique that I don't know, because you could also argue that maybe Wayne did talk to Luke about the geologist or the surveyor that was supposed to come out to the land and, and look at stuff. So maybe he knows a little bit more than he's putting on. But I'm with you. It's it's a leap to say that Luke only sees dollar signs in this. Luke's like, all right, we're going to put up a fence. It's going to be about 10 feet off of the hole. We're going to charge <laughs> $15 a ticket. People are going to come out. They're going to stand around. They're going to stare in the hole. For an extra $10, they can throw something in the hole. And that's how we're going to make all of our money. And then for people that want to skip the line, they can have a fast pass. But they're going to have to pay $20 to skip the line. Like, I just didn't understand. And part of me is like, if I was a deeper person, I was like, okay, so maybe each character sees something different in the hole. Like, mm-hmm. um, Royal sees like, past tragedy that he escaped through the hole perry sees escape from current mm-hmm. tragedy and so he uses it as an escape luke who i guess is like greedy or money-minded only sees mm-hmm. like the money-making side of it although i would argue in the first episode luke's like the most reasonable brother out of all of them mm-hmm. uh and then i guess billy because he's a little bit off of his rocker just sees like the mysticism of it all and this allows Mm -hmm. him to see autumn for who she is like that's kind of and and then autumn it's something mystic to her too so i guess once again if i was a deeper person that's how i'd interpret this but i'm not so i'm really just like (laughs) i don't know maybe luke just sees like cash it's just a hole full of cash i don't i don't know it's a cash basket no, I like that. I think that you're saying you're not a deeper person, but you made that connection. I didn't necessarily put that together about everybody seeing not necessarily what they want to see, but maybe what they kind of need to see or just the way that they interpret that kind of stuff. So I think that's that's an interesting take, and I like it. Well, we're going to get a lot deeper here because nothing's deeper than a brother's hug, which Billy hugs <laughs> Luke, and it's almost like one of those things where Luke doesn't lift his arms. It's just like Billy's hugging him, and Luke doesn't want anything to do with the hug. 
This reminded me of, and we reference it often, but there's an there's a part in Arrested Development where Job hugs Michael, and Michael's like not on board at all, and Job like kind of forces Michael like to like <laughs> nestle his neck almost, and like Michael's not even like hugging back or anything, but Job is like t- making it like this. He's trying to make it a sweet moment. <laughs> Anyways, Billy is Job in my world, or Gob Bluth, however you want to pronounce it. Billy then makes the outrageous request of, hey, please don't suffocate our father again. Um, I know you want the ranch. I know he's leaving it to me because we used to name dead owls together, so we're close. But you can have the ranch. Just don't kill dad. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that's fine. If Luke was a better <laughs> businessman, he may like counter that a little bit. But like, hey, I won't kill him for a month. But then after that, it's free game. I don't know. He should have countered, but he didn't. Then we're at the hotel. Autumn's got a gun, and she's on the phone demanding money. Autumn's frightening. She mentions, yeah, she mentions like she wants to draw from the trust. Um, And now that we kind of know, is the assumption that she's talking to Rebecca? Yes. Like her mom? Yes. Okay. So her mom, future version of her mom, has loads of money, gobs of money from seemingly playing the stock market or bringing back a sports almanac and putting money on the Cubbies. There you go. Smart. So, so that's how they have a lot of money. So their their idea there is like she needs that money freed up so she can buy that land from the auction. She put all that money on the Arizona Diamondbacks being the worst team in baseball. And she won big. <laughs> Good job, Rebecca. Royal pulls up to the hotel with a gun looking for Autumn. And mm-hmm. I will give some credit to Barrett who brought this up, but my mind was like, as I watched this, I was the same. Like I was aligned. This is very much, uh, Josh Brolin in no country for old men. There's a part of that where he goes to like an old motel. He's driving a very similar truck. Um, he's got a bag of money. Spoiler. If you haven't watched that movie, stop listening to us and go watch no country for old (laughs) men. That movie's incredible. Um, but he plays Llewellyn and everything about this scene, him going through the hotel, um, he just, he, it's like, he's playing that character. Um, right. the only thing that missing is missing is Javier Bardem is not chasing him with one of those <laughs> cattle stunner things. Um, but we think we're going to get a gunfight in a hotel room when he kicks down the mm-hmm. door. Cause she's like hiding in the room. This is all shot really well. I thought this was... Yeah, they do this quite a few times and where they do like this double focus. So they're focusing on both the foreground and the background. So I think it's just some kind of camera trick, but it's really neat. Um, So that way you can kind of get both characters' perspectives in focus as opposed to just one being out. Um, So that was very interesting. They do obviously a really kind of silly cut here where she's right at the bed, like could not get away quickly quickly enough when he starts jamming on the handle and then kicks open the door. But she just, you know, of course, teleports outside the door or the window and the window's kind of cracked open. And we don't even really see her leave, right? We see Billy in the car, like Billy's in the truck, but I don't think we see even her in the truck with Billy. No, she just goes out the window. We see a window with wind moving curtains and that lets us know because we've been trained from TV and movies <laughs> yeah. for our whole lives, that an open window with curtains means someone escaped out of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, that I did think the same thing. I was like, oh, she got uh, from the bed, opened the window, and out the window like super quick. 
Um, <laughs> but when you're in one of those red jumpsuits, you know, mm, you got a lot of freedom of movement. You know, you could do <laughs> parkour. You could do something <laughs> equally cool as parkour. I don't know. Jazzercise? Jazz, boom. Uh, Tybo. <laughs> um, any of the... Um, the gazelle? The gazelle. That's... Yep. <laughs> oh, I right now. I don't have any more. No, I think I think the I think the gazelle is enough. We're then back at the <laughs> Abbott House, and the camera really loves the sign that says "Oh Lord, reveal yourself to us." Um, mm-hmm. Perry's missing. Cece's in a panic. I just feel bad for whoever is always on the phone with Cece because Cece's like constantly <laughs> screaming at them. Um, it's Kathy. We- I don't know if we know who Kathy is. I'm assuming it's some sort of family member. We don't. I don't think you ever get introduced, but she mentions Kathy. Yeah, I'm going to say it's probably a cousin. Um, you know, someone that doesn't Twice have removed. a claim to the ranch, but uh, <laughs> is close enough. No, no, no. It's a woman from the Bible study. That's what it is. It's got to be, right? Because the no, last okay. time she's that like, sense. when have you ever seen me miss Bible study other than that time I fed that bear my blood? Um, <laughs> we find out through Cece's screaming that Perry rides in three hours. Perry's missing. I'm sorry. Rhett rides in three hours. Perry's mm-hmm. gone. The ranch is gone. And we see Amy, I think, in the foreground. Yeah, I think Amy overhears this conversation. And I think this even cuts to the next scene is Autumn at the bank, who, you know, spoiler alert, later on we find out that Amy is Autumn here. This made me (gasps) think that, what? This could potentially be just some of the, like, dysfunction that's kind of going on in this family could be leading to maybe some of, you know, young Amy's, like, mental instability. And because, like, everybody in this family is just blowing up on her for, for no reason. And like not paying attention to her or not showing her any kind of love because they all have their own kind of things going on. And then when eventually the mom shows up, you know, who the heck knows what happens when Rebecca shows up and takes Amy. Um, but this is kind of that first bit. I, 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 I've said it before, like I've felt very bad for Amy in multiple scenes. And I think the entire series has been trying to do this uh, and make you feel for Amy in this, in this situation with the family. Well... All I have to say to that is if kids, I guess, have issues from their parents yelling randomly out of anger, (laughs) then my kids are doomed. (laughs) And we don't even have a void outside for me to jump into. Yet. 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 We're at the bank. This scene was probably I I don't know why I on the second watch these two do such a great job in this scene like Autumn's <laughs> yeah. pacing Maria's behind the counter Autumn's clearly got a gun she's waiting on some sort of transfer Maria's like hey listen the money will come oh by the way you can't have that in here <laughs> and Autumn immediately goes like right wing gun nut. Um, and I say that affectionately. Um, she's like, when she says, don't tread on me, B, I like, that was such, cause she doesn't even like, it's not even like a punctuated line. It's like, she says it is like a stream of conscious. She's like, it's my right. I've got a right. Don't tread on me, B. Like she does, like the way she delivers it is so good. Um, and then Maria's like reaction and her telling her to get out of the bank. The the whole thing's incredible. And then they cap it <laughs> off 
with just listen. There are some great love stories like throughout <laughs> history. Name them with me, Tom. There's obviously Romeo and Juliet. Yes. There are the uh, two. Um, there's uh, Sven and the girl from Frozen. Obviously, I mean we all know. I don't even have to name them. Everyone knows. Yep. Was Sven the was Sven the moose or was Sven the? Anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, and then there is obviously Braveheart and uh, his lady who they grow lady old Braveheart. together. Um, and then Tom Hanks in every movie he's been in. Just name whoever he's been with. Meg Ryan, I think. There you go. Um, mm-hmm. No, Helen Hunt. Maybe that's the one. And then there's Billy and Autumn, Tom. And I know you want to talk about this. So they cap off the bank scene. I'm sorry, Tom. The mic did something weird. It sounded like you were sighing. Um, No, I was just like, I'm at a loss for words of how beautiful the scene was. Good. Like, yeah. The the song choice of Vanessa Williams saved the best for last. Oh, yeah. And, like, Billy getting able to do, like, this one last rendition. And the way it was shot, they do this weird, I think you have it here, like, they kiss like they've, nev- they've never kissed before. They don't know how to do it. It's that whole tongue, weird, slobbery, just gross, whatever. But the camera cuts and, like, the pan into the music and, like... The camera even from above the bird's eye view. This was all to be worth the price of admission on this show. Just to see Billy sing and to see it capped off with this was just magnifique. It, incredible. Incredible. The camera's <laughs> overhead. It's spinning. Like, did Michael Bay <laughs> shoot this scene? You know? Incredible. Why is there an American flag, you know, flying in the background? There probably is. But I loved every moment of this. And to your point... Like, I almost had the thought, like, okay, so, like, Autumn is almost like if you, like, instantly made Amy old and, like, Billy, who seems to be, like, mm, let's say, aged down mentally. I don't know if that's the right (laughs) way of putting that. But, like, yeah, they kiss, like, people that don't know uh, how to kiss or people that have discovered the key. I don't know. The the question, (laughs) I don't know. This is one of these unanswerable questions. That's why we're mad at this show right now because... We don't you know if that's it yet the right your, way to kiss. Your significant other? No, no, no. <laughs> then we're at the Tillerson. No, we're not at the Tillerson pasture. We're at the West Pasture, but a Tillerson's in it. Um, and Luke is digging near the void. And he well, then are we, just, So, okay. Go ahead. There's the fence there. I, I do feel like we might be in the Tillerson pasture. I don't think he's actually in because I think... We've established that fence is there. I think he's just digging on the Tillerson land, Luke is, to try to figure out, do they have some stuff on their land? Because I think it's, I do not believe that all of this, you know, minerals and time stones, whatever you want to call it, is just on the Abbott land. I think it's on both. Uh, When you say time stone, do you mean the time stone that's in the (laughs) glove that Josh Brolin wears in this movie? Is that what you are exactly right. Again, um, this is a prequel to the Avengers. It takes place million and millennia beforehand. This is the forming of the Time Stone. Oh, man. I've learned more than I ever wanted to know about the Time Stone. <laughs> Here was my thought, Tom. I thought Luke went to the last place he saw it, and so he's on the uh, Abbott land. And I guess mm-hmm. maybe he thinks it's his land because per the county assessor, it's going to be. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but then he's, is this where he's talking to his mom and they're talking about like the value of it and it's the most valuable mm-hmm. thing he's ever seen. Once again, I was like, what are you seeing? Like, I don't, I don't understand. And then mm-hmm. he's like, he's like, oh, by the way, mom, I tried to kill dad. And he's like, did you hear me? And his mom, very smartly, is like, nope, didn't hear you. Can't get subpoenaed for that. And let's go back to Tom and Julian's murder corner. Don't admit to wanting, like, don't admit to attempted murder over the phone. That's just mm-hmm. certainly to You do it via text message. Yeah. Text message, like, in a handwritten letter uh, where you drip some of your blood on it. That's okay. But not uh, over the waves. That's over a phone yeah it's a it's a bold choice and i think uh she patricia definitely makes the wise choice here but it was interesting it's like he had to get this off his chest because he has this kind of trust or faith in his mom um or at least his mom and him share in common the idea of just constantly seeing dollar signs so Mm -hmm. there's certainly some some kinship in their relationship on that side of it but what I thought was really funny in this, and I and this is just me because I noticed these things in shows, but like finding continuity errors, there's a hilarious one in this little bit where they do a super close up of Luke holding the phone up to his head, and if you look at the phone case, his phone case is clearly for the Google Pixel, just based on where the cutouts are in the case. There's a little circle in the back of it, and then like where the camera cutout holes are. But if you look at the phone inside the case, the phone is an iPhone. You can see the top part of the Apple logo and the camera like holes don't even match up. It is the weirdest thing. This makes me potentially go back to the idea of like bad guys not being able to use iPhones. So they just threw a Google case on top of it. Sure. Uh, It's super silly and a weird continuity error that I don't know why they didn't fix. And they made this show before they knew it was Amazon and not Apple. (laughs) So that's why they that's why they did it. They were like, just in case Apple picks us up. Let's make sure it doesn't look like the bad guy's got an iPhone. Uh, Tom, you've just revealed a lot about what you do for a living and where you've spent a lot of your life thinking about um, by talking about phones and phone cases. But I work in telco. Just, just, another, just another reason why we together absolutely hated this episode is because of the phones <laughs> and the phone cases. Um, we're back at the Abbott house. Uh, I think this is where Cece's yelling at the ungrateful Amy for being a snot-nosed kid and not understanding <laughs> that families always eat meals together. And mm-hmm. Cece gives her a real good lesson in what it is to respect her elders. I don't know. This was like, they were like, hey, let's cut from Cece yelling at Amy and then, hey, let's cut back to Cece yelling at Amy. I didn't really mm-hmm. understand. Other than to show that like, I guess CC. Oh, I know what it is. I mean, essentially, it's showing CC and the stress level, but this also kind of makes it easier on us to believe why Amy would go with her mom at the end of the episode so freely. Mm-hmm. Because, like, who wants yeah. to hang out at this house where they're constantly yelling about the importance of eating meals together? Um, I think she also mentioned something when she was talking about Perry about, well, I, I don't know. I don't want to, like, when I was reading an article, it said something about her not liking like ranch life or not wanting to be here. But then I think when Rhett even asked her, like Rhett's like, Oh, do you ever want to get away from this place? And she kind of says thing like, like, of course I'm going to stay. Or like the implication was that she always wanted to stay on the ranch. And that Rhett was, you know, and you mean Amy second thoughts about wanting she. to leave. I'm sorry. Yeah. Amy. Yeah. 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 Okay. So yeah, I, I don't know, but I, I agree. That's probably some of this. And, but they did say that, Amy talking to Perry is like, hey, if mom comes back, can I go with her? Right. So they at least set the groundwork for that. That's fair. 
We then cut back to handsome Luke. I'm assuming he's wearing <laughs> some sort of Under Armour garment uh, digging. And this guy, based on what's happening, this guy is like the fastest digger of anyone in the world. Because all he's got is a shovel. His hands would be bleeding. Bleeding. He is. He's a master. And this, this totally reminded me of that movie Holes with like Shia LaBeouf. Do you ever watch that when you were a kid? I never younger? watched the movie, but I read the book. Okay, yeah, because it's just literally holes everywhere in his... And he's got nothing outside of, like, a shovel and a pick. He's not using some sort of bobcat or anything else. It's it's very impressive digging. He should get with uh, Cece. So impressive. Yeah, they could bury bears and find magic hole dust together. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Royals riding around town. He's listening to the radio. And he's listening to the rodeo on the radio, as one does. <laughs> Do you remember, Tom, growing up and your parents driving around in the car with them and they'd have the rodeo on and you'd just be listening oh, to yeah, all Oh, yeah, K-R-D-O, the- rodeo all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday, oh, Sunday, Sunday, catch the rodeo. Kid seat's still only five bucks. I don't know if we've talked about this before, but I think the art of listening to a sports game on the radio is like a lost art. I don't know that it's going to go past like maybe our generation because I can remember like my dad listening to like basketball games or baseball games. Like I think baseball will will be fine for radio because it moves at a speed Mm -hmm. that is slower. But like I just don't think my kids are ever going to have the attention span to listen to a, a sports game on the radio, much less a rodeo. My dad still does. It's yeah. My dad still does. He, he smokes cigars, so he likes to sit outside in his front yard and in the back of his car. Uh, well, he's got a little man cave, so he smokes his cigars, listens to his sports. Uh, it's usually, yeah, basketball or baseball. He's a good man, your dad. The uh, rodeo, a lot of guitar, a lot of wailing guitar, a lot of electric guitar, we'll say. <laughs> And then a lot of bull riding. This is what I call Julian's Saturday night. You know what I mean? I just can't get enough. Do you know, did you recognize the songs? The only... Tom, here's what's so sad about me. Um, the only reason I know what was playing during this scene... Don't send me hate letters. I just don't want them. I think I hit pause, and Amazon does that thing, which is really cool. It's called, like x-ray or whatever so if you hit pause on an amazon show it will tell you like what actors are in the scene um and then it also does the music sometimes and so Mm -hmm. uh i know that this is the band metallics Uh, (laughs) and they were playing a song yeah it was metallica search and destroy and then like later on they play master of puppets so apparently they've just got uh metallica on uh uh, album on uh, the PA system there, but it was good classic pump me up bull riding music. Here's my request to whoever runs this show: spend less money on the rodeo music budget and spend more <laughs> money on the herd of buffalo CGI. I'm sure Metallica's <laughs> not a cheap 
we're going to put it in our show for five seconds. So next time, spend the money on bears and buffalo. Bears, buffalo, Battlestar Galacta. Battlestar Galacta. <laughs> Royal shows up at the rodeo. Royal rolls over to where Rhett's at. And I... Listen, talk about a really well-acted scene that I was just like, what are you trying to tell him? Like, I don't understand. Because this mm-hmm. is where he's like, Rhett, I need you to know something about me. I, I need I need you to know something about the land. Like, I may not see you again. I need you to find what's on the land. I need you to take care of it. And, like, Brolin is, like, crushing it here. Rhett's doing mm-hmm. a great job looking confused. But then I was like, I was like, guys, give me more. Like, you can talk. There are people right there. But, like, Brolin almost plays it like he's so, like, emotional that he can't, like, speak the words. Um, and maybe that's because was... Rhett's like, hey, I don't care about the land. Which was great. Yeah. I do. So I find this scene interesting because it's, this is Rhett finally standing up to his father and saying like, listen, I'm done with this. Like I'm done dealing with all your BS and, and all the, like the land. And like, he's coming to the realization that he wants to spend his life with Maria and, you know, to do that, he needs to, you know, kind of cut ties with his family a little bit, especially when we know Royal has just been lying to him and doing all this kind of stuff. But the the way to, to your point about, Royal's response and like stammering over his words and he couldn't finish it. It made me think there might've been like something, I don't know, like holding him back. Like he couldn't say these words because it messed with like the timeline or something like he couldn't physically get them out. I don't even know if it was him not being able to find his words. Cause I think he knew what he wanted to tell him, but I don't know. Like, I feel like there was some timey wimey stuff holding him back. So you think there's a super ele- supernatural element to this that is keeping him from saying the words? I don't I don't know for sure, but I'm just going to theorize and throw that out there so I could potentially get internet points. And if nothing ever comes with it, I'll never mention this again. But that was my thought. The okay. way he was stammering over his words, we've okay. never seen Royal stammer over his words at all. He's usually very, like, to the point with his words sure. and, and, you know, speaks what he, he, he wants. Um, I don't know why he... You know, stamp, uh, stumbled here. See, I think I didn't. I didn't see it as a supernatural thing. I just, and you know, this is just as cowboy types. You know, it's tough <laughs> for us to really. It's tough for us to really share deep emotions because we're just mm. so we're just so darn tough. You know, rootin' tootin' tough, <laughs> as we like to say on the horse farms. Um, so that's what I thought it was. I just thought he was too much of a man to tell his son that there's a weird. Uh, hole on the land <laughs> that he needs him to find and take care of. I'm assuming by putting a tarp over it or throwing a shovel in it. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, Royal gets escorted away, as people do, because you're not allowed to be in the chute. Um, Rhett rides. Royal joins Amy and Cece in the stands. Amy's like, hey, do you know where my dad is? <laughs> <laughs> And, of course, Royal just lies, saying, says, I don't know, when he really knows he's gone skydiving. Royal <laughs> skydiving. <laughs> he's like, last time I saw him, he was flying through the air. I don't know, Amy. I don't know. Maybe he was spelunking. Open. He's spelunking. <laughs> Sky spelunking. I, um, I don't know. I just like that Royal says uh, my favorite fa- phrase when talking about this show. He's like, I don't know. I don't know. 
I don't know what the answer is. Sorry, Amy. It's all a mystery. And by the way, Amy, you're not going to know by the end of this uh, episode. And she's like, what's an episode? And then the show got real meta. <laughs> As we all know, Royal doesn't have a phone. This is mm-hmm. not something that needed to be pointed out to me. It's something I know because I'm a diligent watcher of the show. So Autumn calls Amy's phone because she wants to Which- talk to Royal. Which do you, do you think that's odd? Like, it was kind of funny to me. I was like, how could she possibly have her number? But then you think about it. Well, this is Amy's phone. Amy's phone is Autumn's phone. So assuming she kept that same phone number, she would know the phone. Hmm. Well, that's assuming that between Amy's current age and Autumn's age, every two years, Amy doesn't turn in her phone for a better phone and get a new phone number like we all do. <laughs> we don't get new phone numbers. Getting a new phone number is the worst Oh, I get a new phone number every two years. That's uh, that's the whole point of that's what you're supposed to do. You change carriers and get a new phone number. Anyways, Royal is walking around talking on a cell phone. Looks great doing it. I know he's never done it before because he doesn't own a cell phone. Um, he's looking for Autumn. She's like, uh, she wants him to find her because she knows how it ends. Mm-hmm. And she makes a line about saying, like, you can't beat fate, which I don't know. Like, this was interesting to me because I I don't know if the whole season was trying to crescendo to the fact of we know Royal gets shot in a barn and dies in CeCe's arms, or at least that's what they've showed us in a fast forward. But that was, we, I, we don't know the timing of it. So when you were watching this episode, did you think that's where we were going to end? No, because I think Royal to the you can't beat fate, he says something like, well, I'm going to try. Or he, I don't remember <laughs> what the exact line is, but as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, fate's got nothing on Royal. He's going to steal mm. those drug runners' money and go live a happy life. <laughs> um, no, I see what you're saying, and I did kind of, like, there was enough that happened in this episode, and this is why I like this episode. Like, they didn't, they... They laid a groundwork, and then they didn't follow the groundwork based on what they telegraphed mm-hmm. for us. Um, well, other than one big reveal that they telegraphed the whole time, and when it's revealed, <laughs> you're like, yeah, okay, got it. Don't care. Like, <laughs> we knew. But, mm-hmm. yeah, to your point, you do kind of think that's how Royal's going to meet his end. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I, I liked how they did that. Um, but I don't know that, like... The whole time I wasn't like, oh, he's got to die in a barn. But mm-hmm. it, it there was enough there that I was surprised on how it went, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, it does. Yeah, for sure. And what also makes sense is that Autumn's in town. And so Royal leaves <laughs> to go to yep. town. Because he's not going to ride Rhett. He's not going to watch Rhett ride a bull. <laughs> and this is where we get like Rhett looking into the crowd. Because um, he does it on both of his rides. So on this ride... He looks into the crowd, doesn't see Royal there, but he does see Amy and Cece getting ready to cheer him on. But and I like no, the way they did these cuts. And no Perry, just to make sure everyone knows Perry's not there. No Perry, correct. As yeah. Tom said, he's spelunking. <laughs> <laughs> Rhett rides the bull. I mean, Tom, as an avid bull rodeo watcher, I mean, what'd you think mm-hmm. of this ride? Let's just evaluate it from a pure like rodeo standpoint. Because I know you've got, I mean, I'm looking at your notes. I mean, he was doing really well. On how yeah, the first the first three seconds, he was running about an 80, 85 sure. uh, kind of run. And 365 uh, is the best. That's what we determined the other day, right? 
that's what you determined. But looking at the leaderboard, I think it goes to 100. But again, I don't watch as much as you. Sure. But yeah, between seconds four and five, he was kind of losing his grip a little bit. And then by you know second second when he got bucked off and then fell right in his shoulder, it was not great. He went from second place to last place with one run. It was a rough one. Mm. Mm. Thank you for that. I don't know if mm-hmm. you guys have been with us for Ted Lasso, but Tom brings that same like knowledge of rodeo <laughs> as he does to soccer, uh, and it's very helpful. Um, I'm saying that like I'm being sarcastic, but actually he was a great help during Lasso <laughs> because he watches soccer and I don't. Anyway, season three's coming at some point. I assumed Rhett hurt his spine, like the way he's like on the ground and like almost like shaking. I was like, oh mm-hmm. no, like we're paralyzing Rhett. Um, but then, you know, there's two things shows always like to do. They're like, listen, let's just have him hurt a shoulder and we'll pop it back in place. Like that will show mm-hmm. that they're tough. The other thing is if they get <laughs> shot, you just have to say, oh, it's, it went through. It didn't hit anything. It just went word. through. Yeah. And so <laughs> yep. you can patch it up. Like, there you go. Those are two things that shows do. Um, we then cut, and this stressed me out a bit because there's nothing worse than losing a child at a public event. Uh, but Amy walks away. Cece starts looking for her. Amy wanders under the bleachers. And to your point, Tom, you said, hey, we're going to meet Rebecca eventually. And we beat, we, I'm sorry, we don't beat her. We meet her. Um, <laughs> yep. We meet Rebecca. She calls to Amy. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I thought this actress was someone I would recognize. I did not know who this was. Um, but she's like, we've got to go. I had to hide. I'm sorry. We've got to leave. Yeah, this is one of those sequences. Like, I'm glad they did it. I'm glad we got Rebecca in this. But I hated that this is all we got. And they are leaving such a huge cliffhanger for multiple seasons. I thought we needed more to this because they they pushed so much on this Rebecca mystery. Um, But I love this actress. I know her from It's Kristen Connolly, I believe her name is. Um, Oh, you recognized her. Yeah, so she plays uh, in Cabin in the Woods. She kind of plays like the um the virgin um of like the horror stories or whatever uh that ultimately i don't know i don't want to ruin cabin in the woods if you haven't seen it because you need to see it but it plays on a lot of tropes of like the horror franchise uh and it's absolutely fantastic and she's great she kind of reminds me of like she's got like an uma thurman vibe okay uh, but really really good okay yeah no i didn't recognize her but i'm glad you did and i do know that you love cabin in the woods because you made me watch it once (laughs) i think we might have watched it together when i watched it for the first time and it is a lot of fun. Um, I think it's uh, Chris Chris Hemsworth's finest work. Um, that's him. It's right? something that made me He's think about that? about this a little bit. When yeah, Hemsworth is in it for sure. He plays the Jack. Got it. Um, but in in the sequence where we see, we know uh, Amy here is nine years old, and we learn later on that Autumn doesn't remember anything before nine. So my assumption is here. Rebecca is taking Amy away and and maybe they're going to search for Perry and maybe they go into a a time hole. They go into a fissure or whatever else to be able to jump either forward or backward in time to find Perry. And that's why Amy here can't remember anything. um, Or I guess Autumn can't remember anything from the first 90 years of her life. So I don't know. I think it gives us something to to think about for what could become or what could happen in season two, just based on some of the conversations that have been had. Uh, but it made me think about that now that we're getting Amy taken away. Tom, if I can be honest, at no point did I think about season two 
in terms of trying to solve this mystery. I just took season one, and my assumption is all we're going to get is season one um, based on the strongly worded letter I wrote to Jeff Bezos. But what I, what I picked up on during this conversation, and maybe you uh, can help me understand, is she says, I had to hide. And my question to you is, who is Rebecca hiding from? Why does she have to hide? Why does she then have to sneak over and find Amy and then name her Autumn? Like, what What happens? Is she hiding from Perry? No, I think she has to be hiding from Royal, right? Like, we've heard, like, when Perry confronted Royal, but, hey, what happened to Rebecca? And Royal tells him, like, I honestly don't know. And then Perry, like, puts his hands on his shoulders. I don't believe you. I think we've seen throughout this entire season that if nothing else, Royal is an an incredible liar as is Autumn and they have loads of secrets. So my assumption is here, uh, Rebecca is, I don't know how she disappeared, why she disappeared, but Royal is likely involved and she's trying to stay away from, from Royal and, you know, get Amy back for lack of a better term. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So you think Royal is the, bad guy even even mm-hmm. even though we've watched perry beat people bloody several times and then be a sad sack yeah, but all in the sake of family and then leave his kid at the dairy queen <laughs> knockoff so he could go uh yell at his dad probably didn't even get her french fries <laughs> anyways uh we're still at the rodeo Rhett gets his shoulder adjusted by a licensed physician uh which then causes him to throw up and this is where the guy, like, giving him, I was going to say chiropractic thing, but not chiropractic, whatever shoulder people adjusting are. Acupuncture, um, sure. <laughs> yes, this guy's giving him acupuncture, and the guy says, uh, all right, man, it's your funeral. This is what first got me thinking. I'm like, oh, man, are they going to kill Rhett here? Did you ever get that vibe throughout all of this? Oh, 100%. Rhett was going to die? Oh, I thought Rhett was, okay. yeah, I thought what Rhett was dead. Rhett being my favorite character in the show, uh, and <laughs> everything that I love and touch falls to pieces i 100 percent thought rhett was going to uh, meet his demise here um yeah all this ominous music and like the way he looks to the stands and the crowd and it's just going so slow they're really milking the scene i did not think he was going to come away the victor i thought they were going to like telegraph the idea like okay he's going to leave his family he's going to get with maria everything's going to be good but something's going to happen oh i thought he was going to get gored should have known better yeah, yeah, that's what, that was my thought. Uh, but we should have known better because he was in the fast forwards two years later. Sure, but if you thought Perry was in the fast forwards two years later, <laughs> like I did, then everything's a surprise because your memory's terrible, Julian. Um, CC starts talking to one of the deputies. I think it's Matt, Deputy mm-hmm. Matt, who we've met. It a should couple have been of Matt, times. but it wasn't. It wasn't Matt. It was some oh, other it was, like oh, it was guy. a different one. It was the yeah, guy that mm-hmm. she's concerned with what he thinks of the canine policy. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like, Amy's missing. Cece screams a lot. This actress, great job. I mm-hmm. mean, crushes the scene, made me terrified for her. You know, made me think terrible things were happening. A um, lot of spiral cam, once again. Mm-hmm. Michael Bay showed up. He's like, hey, I've got this one. He's like, just spin the camera. Uh, oh, that American flag that's flying over the rodeo. Get a shot of that. Uh, oh, Explode it. You, 
<laughs> no, he would never blow up the American flag, Tom. He would blow up something next to it, but he wouldn't blow up the American flag. Do you even know Michael? Anyways, this is a different podcast uh, where we talk about Michael Bay and his genius. And um, yeah, so see, but she keeps reiterating. Yeah, she keeps reading that line like, you know, stop saying everything is fine. Everything is not fine because I think we've got a couple of characters in previous episodes saying like everything is fine, especially like Royal. And she's just like had enough of it. Like nothing is fine. She even kind of mentions like Amy's gone. God is gone. Like she's just seemingly completely lost her faith here. God is gone and we have killed him. Thanks. Cece went all Nietzsche on us. And then... <laughs> Rhett does what cowboys do. Once again, Tom, I mean, this show just like, I mean, it speaks to me because once your shoulder gets separated and some dude, you know, cracks it back into place and then you throw up, how do you get the taste of that out of your mouth? You know, what do you do? You drink a big R beer, uh, which I was like, wait, was that a royal, royal, what's the soda? Royal crown? No. What's the soda with the big R on it? No, 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 no. Uh, um anyways it doesn't matter i can't believe i can't come up with i think it's crown royal no crown royal's the whiskey (laughs) no i think there's a a crown royal soda all right tom i'm gonna i'm gonna riff while you look it up anyways Rhett, like us cowboys he eats some dirt uh and then he swishes it around with some uh soda and then he spits out the soda and it's just what us just what us cowboys do as our friends shout it's your funeral or put him in a body bag any of those common <laughs> phrases that are shouted and i was close it's crown it's royal crown rc cola royal RC crown cola, cola. So I had it right. I just, I'm dyslexic. Yeah. No, you get a thousand internet points. More internet <laughs> points than you've ever gotten before. <laughs> can't use his arm. He can't use his arm, Rhett. Rhett, this guy can't use his arm. And Seems helpful for bull riding. Well, you only need one of them. That's what people fail to Wasn't the arm that he needs is the one that's being like strapped to the bull and like needing to do all the holding? I think he's an ambidextrous bull rider. That's why one-armed Carl is the most famous bull rider is because your your other hand I don't think is allowed to touch the bull. So if you don't have a second hand or arm, um, that makes it better. The guys in the shoot are real helpful. They're like, hey, uh, I guess run your hand along this rope and Rhett's like, I can't. And the guy's like, all right, I'll do it for you. <laughs> and he like straps his hand down and the guy's like, you need me to do it for you? He's like, yeah, do it. And then the guy punches his hand several times. <laughs> I was like, what is going on here? Part of me is like, oh, this, this shoot crew has done this several times before. <laughs> um, anyways. Well, one of the guys I think even mentions like, hey man, if you could survive this round, I'll buy you a chicken dinner. I'll buy you a chicken. Oh, it's so good. Chicken dinner, you can wash it down with some Royal Crown soda. Um, he looks to the stands, Tom. Who does he see in the stands? Nobody. No one. I mean, he should have looked. I mean, uh, Maria was there somewhere. She uh, spots eyes with her at the end of her his run, but, uh, yep, no family is there. They've officially abandoned Rhett. This is where I thought Rhett was going to die. Here's what I thought 100%. was going to happen. I thought Rhett was going to make it through his ride. But then, like, on his way back, like, after he jumps off the bull, that bull was going Mm -hmm. to 
trample him or something. Trample yeah, him or thinking. gore him or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Because that would have been absolutely heart-wrenching. He turns, he waves at Maria. Maria Mouse, I love you. I'm going to have your babies. <laughs> and then <laughs> this cow with horns stabs him right in the back. And then that cow says something through its mind that's like, all animals are dead ancestors. Outer I've been traveling with my brother for three years. We've developed thought and speech and can now speak telepathically. And all we want to do is kill the Abbott family. That's good. And we finally solved the mystery of the cows. Yes. Oh, the cows. (laughs) Yeah. For those of you who don't don't read the synopsis of this podcast, Tom's been on a cow cow mystery kick uh, that I found one day and laughed hysterically about. So go give that a read. Anyways... Maria's very proud. Rhett wins the rodeo, I guess, as one does. He gets all 365s. Um, (laughs) And then we're back at Frank's ranch. So we left Sheriff Joy for a while. She got no signal. She's got no signal, Tom, because there's no cell towers um, (laughs) in Buffalo Country or in Buffalo Times. And we see buffalo running very realistically and then we see some native (laughs) americans hunting said buffalo and so she went back in time apparently yeah this is it it took me two watches like at first i thought she was just like the that like the tp she sees the the indigenous people that are like hunting them like i thought they had like appeared like they went through the hole or they just kind of appeared just like the mountain disappeared and reappeared i thought that was kind of what happened but i'm quite certain what the show is telling us here is she i guess what the problem i find with this is she doesn't go through a hole she doesn't like fall into the magic dust she just walks through the forest and that seemingly teleports her to you know hundreds of years prior because these buffalo that are stampeding are going to be the same buffalo that stampede later in the episode right like when luke opens up this hole those same buffalo from that time period are running through it and are now causing havoc in this last part of the episode Yes, those CGI buffalo are the same CGI buffalo <laughs> from this scene. Um, I mean, the only reason I caught this is because when she opens the wardrobe and she moves the coats out of the way and she moves through it and <laughs> finds herself in Buffalo land, I knew she was in Narnia. Um yeah. What do you think about like Frank though? Like, is is there more to Frank? Like, he just seems like a complete oddball weirdo with his mastodon theories and craziness. He's got a pet crow, which you know Disney has told us anybody that's got a pet crow is likely a villain. Mm. Is he some sort of like time traveler? Did he like lure Joy to his ranch so she can see some of this stuff? Is there more to him? I don't know because he uses the phrase like crazy teenagers, which makes me wonder <laughs> like. What part of this does he think are crazy teenagers? Like, he saw the Native Americans out there, and he was like, oh, look at those crazy teenagers. Or (laughs) it's the crazy teenagers writing the Abbott symbol all over the rocks on his land. There is certainly more to Frank, because Frank's not normal. Um, (laughs) But I don't know that he's a time traveler. I think he's just the guy Mm -hmm. that... You know, cut down the tree and built the wardrobe and hung some coats in it. <laughs> I think that's his that's his role. All right, good to know. We cut to the rodeo. We find out that Rhett loves Maria. Maria loves Rhett. Mm-hmm. 
these two at least know how to kiss like normal people, which is great because there's some other kissing in this show that is revolting. Uh, Rhett's like, I'm done with my family. I'm ready to put all this behind me. He's like, I've got my, I don't know, doctor's degree now. Let's go move somewhere and be a family of doctors. Uh, I don't know. He's like, I've got my rodeo pension. I put in my retirement papers. Let's go. And cut that scene. Some people woo at them as they're kissing. I do want to point that out. Because the other rodeo clowns or ever riders were in the background like, ooh, yeah, yeah. go. It was yeah. like very high school. Yeah, what I mean, mind blowing is that no one wooed when Billy and Autumn kiss, which is surprising. <laughs> You'd think the bank tellers would all be uh, on board. <laughs> We're at the pasture, and once again, <laughs> I see what you've done here. It says Tillerson Pasture. You think it's the Tillerson Pasture? In my mind, it's the West Pasture. It's the Abbott. They pasture. make a point You're of putting with the Carl. Fence. You're a Carl <laughs> puppet, Tom. That's what it is. You're a Carl just, Cleaver puppet. It's just puppet. weird. They they have him digging all these holes right next to the fence line. So my thought is, if this was the uh, Abbott land, why would it be? Why would he be digging right on the fence line? He'd be going closer to where he saw the hole, which we know is kind of in the middle of the pasture. So it doesn't matter whether it's the Tillerson land or the Abbott land right now. But it made me think that 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 was why it's the Tillerson land. I know this is an audio medium, but right now Tom has muted his microphone and he's just eating Fritos. And we all know Frito eaters are Carl Cleaver followers. Tom's on the Tillerson side. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Luke's a really good digger. That's all I know. He uh, finds some black stuff in the ground. Uh, Like I mentioned before, I thought he found oil. I was like, oh, this is an interesting twist. At least he found something valuable. Nope, he just finds an unending supply of buffalo or bison or whatever. (laughs) And... All I have to say is Luke would be dead. Like, uh, you know, you can lean back as far as you want, but <laughs> those wild buffaloes are going to stampede you. I don't think I don't think Luke lives, but... Yeah, the size of this hole that he creates is maybe a bison wide. So, but bison are coming out of this thing like there's no tomorrow. I, I guess he's like leaning one way and the bison are coming out the other. So you can, I don't know, say he'd be okay, but I'm with you. I thought he probably should have been trampled. The only The problem I have with this sequence is... We've seen the mineral, the goo, what the holes, whatever it is, get on people. And <laughs> Let's then start calling it goo. I like <laughs> goo. goo. Let's stick with goo. They now. get the black goo on them, um, and they jump forward in time, or they see some sort of future, or they, they you know, something kind of happens to them. But when he gets all this goo on his hand and it like dissolves into him, nothing happens. He doesn't like. So like, what I don't like about that is. The show is kind of saying that, you know, this this mineral, this goo does something to other characters, but it doesn't to, to others. And I don't I don't know if that's on purpose and it's different stages of the goo because it's more of a gooeyness as opposed to a mineral. And maybe you got to do the mineral. I don't know, but I didn't really like this. Same thing with like the creating of the hole. He just putting his hand in there seemingly creates a mini void, um, which teleports all these. Just that hole still there. I there's just, again, a lot of questions being asked here that i would have appreciated some answers yes yes and you would be well within your right to ask those questions and demand those answers and this show does not give them to you i'm sorry tom (laughs) on behalf of the show i'd like to apologize to you because they did not give us any answers 
we're then in town, and the show's like, listen, we've taken the audience on an eight-episode ride. Uh, We've given them a lot of unanswered questions. Uh, Let's give them a subpar gunfight. You know, let's at least do that. (laughs) So, Royal, Autumn, Billy, it's not a very good ambush, but they get into a gunfight (laughs) in the middle of Wyoming town. And I like the way this scene is set up where it's like there's very little music. You have like the old Western like whistles kind of going on. It's set up like very, very classic. (laughs) Um, And then even to start the sequence, it just close up on Autumn's face. It goes, yeehaw, which, you know, she stole my line. Um, (laughs) But yeah, (laughs) terrible ambush. And this made me think that. Were they really ambushing him? Did they really mean to, like, kill Royal in this sequence? Or does Autumn know, you know, because of the fate and seeing him die in the barn? Like, they shoot him and then they just take off. Like, why would they take off? Are they trying to take off because they're trying to get Royal to the barn? Because she thinks that's what's going to happen? Because I would argue, like, everybody shooting here in this sequence are, like, stormtroopers. Nobody can hit anything um, until all of a sudden, you know, Royal decides, like, okay, I'm just going to use my rifle in this car and get a perfect shot um it was just a it was a weird sequence i think it comes to the fact that autumn and billy having seen what they think is the future and because she's like oh i've seen how this ends and Mm -hmm. so i think they think they're invincible uh and Mm -hmm. royal does not accept whatever fate is supposed to be destined for him um that's how i took it so okay they chase down the road actually they take off and then he's chasing them good point tom yeah. i don't know why is <laughs> why is he chasing them he should just be like all right they drove away we're cool now uh i don't know they quickly yeah so they drive off um and to your point he after emptying several rounds, he decides to get out the old hunting rifle that I think is what he shot the antelope with in No Country for Old Men. Uh, he shoots <laughs> Billy, and this causes the truck to roll. Now, you see Billy, like, get shot. The blood kind of flies on the windshield. Like, it's super dramatic. Like, I did not see this coming. I did not see this being the end of Billy. But, like, he quickly, like, grabs at his throat and I almost thought that this could be kind of a tie-in to, like, why he's been singing the whole season. Like, he's been singing. He loves to sing. It's like a joy. It's everything. And when he finally seemingly meets his end here, he, like, loses his ability to, like, talk and it gets shot in the throat. I thought that was kind of interesting if it was done purposefully. Tom, I love you, buddy. You're giving <laughs> this show so much more than I think it deserves. That's a great – I see what you're going for there. I I think they just like I think we are supposed to be surprised that Billy dies because Billy has mm-hmm. like said, "Oh, I I see the future and I'm by Autumn's side and she changes mm-hmm. the world." And that all comes crashing down when he takes a round of the throat. Um <laughs> Autumn is then cuz the truck rolls, Autumn is thrown from the vehicle. She might just crawl away. I don't know. I think it kind of just shows her away from the vehicle. Like, Billy's right. just kind of in it while it's over, and she's kind of crawling away. Yeah, so he finds Billy. Billy's dead. He finds Autumn. And then <sighs> the buffalo stampede. 
and this was very much like a Jurassic Park scene. Like, I feel like there is a specific <laughs> Jurassic Park scene where, like, dinosaurs are stampeding are away. and, like, someone gets <laughs> under a vehicle. Uh, I'm not saying Jurassic Park did it first, but uh, that those were the vibes that I got. Royal gets under the vehicle. Um, then we cut to Rhett and Maria driving. They encounter the herd. Uh, and they crash into the America's Wrong sign. Uh, thanks for bringing us back to that uh, movie. <laughs> we appreciate it. One buffalo remains, still got that arrow, and Royal finally pulls out the last arrow from the buffalo because Autumn pulled the other one out, I believe. And then yeah, credits. I think you talked about this. And everything if, if is wrapped like... up, and there's no more arrows in Buffalo, and everyone's good, and the show ends. I think we talked about that when Autumn pulled the one arrow out. The fact that there was two, it seemed like Royal was destined to pull the other one out. Um, I don't know what the circumstance was when Autumn pulled it out. Uh, I think she was just kind of wandering in the, the pasture in the field, and she did it. So I was trying to make some sort of correlation to, like, is this a meaningful moment this is clearly a meaningful moment for royal when he pulls it out and then um you know sees the you know the scar here on amy which uh, or on autumn which makes him draw the conclusion that it's amy but yeah i'll go ahead and give you some kudos because i think you were the first i I do think the show kind of hit it heavy-handed later on but i feel like you were first to the amy as autumn theory before i ever even sniffed that out so i'm going to go ahead and give you 25 internet points thank you i'd like to spend them on uh, one of the plastic frogs where you push the back of it and it leaps a little bit. Um, Ooh, I'm sorry, you're going to need 500 uh, internet points for that. <sighs> Peter Piper. Pizza. You can get it. You can get a Tootsie Pop. All right, fine. I don't want anything. <laughs> I'm giving mine to charity. I feel bad though that I didn't mention the scar. I, I like when she hurt her head in that previous episode and she has that prominent bandage on in episode seven. I think I'm even meant to make mention of it because it seemed like that was going to be the catalyst for how. Royal finds out. But what I really don't like is I went back and watched previous scenes and looked exactly in that spot of uh, Autumn's forehead to see, okay, can we see a faint scar that would give us these kind of cool clue later on? And it is not there. Like, this scar is added in in makeup specifically for episode eight, which I thought was a big bummer. Like, you can maybe say she brushed her hair back a little bit, but I I don't think so because Autumn always wears her hair back. Do you think it doesn't appear until... The moment where they get in the fight in the kitchen and she gets the scar. Maybe in Autumn's timeline, she doesn't have the scar. So maybe it appears timey wimey. And that could be that could be kind of interesting. I like that idea. Like it's like a, I don't know, maybe Back to the Future kind of did that where like his hand's like going away if, if a certain timeline is not going to come to fruition. But I don't know if they've given us any of that kind of like different timeline stuff. It seems to be that we're on the same timeline, but... Maybe that is a clue to that. I don't know. <laughs> That's my Classic. official my official response. <laughs> Royal carries Autumn to the ranch. We get the same. I think this is voiceover. where we get that same. Yeah, the great speech that he says from the beginning of the episode, and I do like the way they do this, where they kind of start the episode with this prayer, and it kind of has one meeting, and now that he's saying again after we know what we know, it kind of changes it a little bit and gives you a different connotation for how he's interpreting this this great speech so i thought that was kind of cool yeah he talks to cc 
He's like, I tried to keep my pain a secret. He's like, now I want to be, I want to do things different. I don't want Grace. I just want our family back. And mm-hmm. Cece's like, nope, I'm going to kick over this dinner table. I'm going to let you know the family's gone. The children are gone. Amy's gone. And Royal's like, well, not really. And then we cut to a crockpot. <laughs> This crockpot that was rumbling, like, I think mid-episode. I don't know if this is how crockpot... Like, my wife made a moment or a comment like, I don't think this is how crockpots work. I don't think uh, they start to, like, bubble over like that. I assumed it was from the stampede. I thought the rumbling oh, of the lid closer? was a stampede getting closer. Um, I don't think the stampede had been there because I think it was... Rum- well, I don't know. Maybe it was when they were... At the rodeo, because there, there's like one sequence mid-episode where it cuts to the crockpot just shaking. And my assumption was, oh, they left the crockpot, it's going to malfunction, it's going to burn their house down. Uh, <laughs> why, it <ends> with, <laughs> why it ends with the crockpot rumbling, the crockpot beeps like it's done, and then the credits roll. And that's the end. I think it And that's just... where I was like, man, what a rough finish. Yeah. No, I think what it comes down to is, like, these shows... They've got to get financing somehow. And like Big Crockpot is going to get their due. <laughs> and so Big Crockpot was like, listen, you're not going to do a cowboy show without putting our product front and center. And so they went all eight episodes and like, we're going to end with Big Crockpot. Um, so that's what they did. They just wanted and to Now look at here. We're Crock-Pot right here. Name. We're talking about Big Crockpot. And Crockpot, I'm pretty sure, is a brand name. So we're, we should be saying like Heating Pot. I hope at this point like, a commercial cuts in of us talking about how much we love crockpots. <laughs> if we were uh, if we were more committed podcasters, we would have done a Budweiser episode last or advertisement last episode <laughs> and a crockpot episode this one. Are we going to? No, probably no, not. We're not. But just imagine it and laugh. Um, so okay, so this brings us to the end. I've got a couple things Thank that I've read some articles Tom. if you want to go God. through. <laughs> Uh, just some general questions, which I know your answers, but I could just throw them out there. Sure. So I feel like we do at least owe the audience and ourselves. We've gone through the whole show. We've done these multiple hour long deep dives into it. But before I do that, I want to get your your final thoughts on, like, did you enjoy the show enough? Did you enjoy? I mean, I know we always enjoy potting about these kind of things because I always appreciate the conversation and have plenty of laughs. But if this has a season two, I'm assuming you wouldn't want to pod for it. Would you watch a season two? Uh, I would watch a season two, but only because I need TV in the evening to fill the void in my life. I don't know. (laughs) Um, no, I'd watch a season two. Here's what I'll say about the show. Like, it's still really well done. Like, everyone that's in it is like a great actor. Like, it was a joy to watch them do it. Like, I don't really feel like there were times where I was like, oh, that was cheesy or dumb or, like, the acting was weird uh, or, like, the music was... Like, it stayed on theme. It was a weird Western (laughs) sci-fi, like, theme. So, like, I'm not upset that I watched it. I'm just... Disappointed. (laughs) To quote my dad, I'm just disappointed, you know? Um... It, and it's it's not like once again it's not a disappointment in how they did the show it's a disappointment in the mm-hmm. fact that they didn't like tie it up in a bow and give me some of the answers i wanted it's mm-hmm. them holding on 
And I don't even know if in this day and age it's like a money grab where they're like, hey, if we could make this into three seasons. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know um, if they're, you know, turn five Hobbit movies out of uh, what should have been one. <laughs> I don't know if they're Peter Jackson, but I liked how it was done. I liked how it was shot. I liked the actors in it. Like, it was still compelling enough that I enjoyed it. Uh, I just mm-hmm. wanted more from the ending, and I wanted it to be a limited series where there wasn't a season two, and so they wrapped it all up. And the the last thing I'll say, because I know I've been talking a lot, is like, from a story writing perspective, it's easy to like just throw weird stuff into a story. Like, mm-hmm. if if there's no, if you don't have to pay the bill at the end, like if you don't have to explain it or you don't have to like give a reason for it. Like, every episode mm-hmm. of every show could just be weird. But if you're going to make it weird, like, you should, there should be a, like, a, there should be rules, I guess is what I'm trying mm-hmm. to get at. Because otherwise, just mm-hmm. throw whatever you want into an episode, and then we as an audience just have to, like, accept it. Does that make sense? Like, that's <laughs> that's kind of what yeah. I feel the show did. The, the show's like, hey, you guys don't know the rules. We don't know the rules. We're going to do whatever we want. Um, and just like watch it. Well, I'm not that type of viewer. So that's, that's exactly, I mean, yeah, what you're describing is lost. Like when they first started doing lost, they had a general idea of where they wanted to start and where they wanted to end, but they got so popular that all they continued to do was just ask questions, ask questions, ask questions and create mystery without solving anything. And none of it made sense in the end. Um, so I, I think that's kind of what this show's doing. And I didn't read into this. I mean, you talked about like a Juilliard playwright that, that wrote this. I would hope that if you're adding this much mystery and having this many very specific kind of kind of questions about, I don't know, Amy wearing yellow or, or excuse me, Autumn wearing yellow later on and, you know, Rebecca's time jump and just all the stuff that's going on, they would have wrote at least the outline for what they want to do with season two, right. three, and four, however many of this goes. And I'm hoping it's not one of those things where they just threw a bunch of mysteries and say, oh, cool. If people like this and gets picked up, then I'll figure it out and write more because then at that point it just becomes kind of like fan fiction type stuff, which is, you know, not good for the long run. Right. So I think like good shows like Stranger Things, those Duffer brothers that wrote that and directed, like they knew specifically the story they wanted to tell. They didn't know every beat, but they knew what they wanted to get. And I think even Ted Lasso is one where we know that um, – Jason Sudeikis and the other head writers, they wanted, they had three seasons in mind with what kind of story arc they wanted to tell. Right. Whether they will go more, who knows, but they know what they want to do in that three seasons. And I'm just, I'm kind of worried that this show is not going to get picked up because it wasn't incredibly well reviewed. I think it was pretty mixed. I can't imagine it's incredibly um, expensive to produce. And Amazon doesn't, you know, for all the money that they have, they don't produce a whole lot of uh, great content, in my opinion. But I, I'm hopeful that we get more because if you don't pot about it, because I think it is a it's an interesting show. It was a long, long journey to get to where we are. I think we could still watch a season two, still talk about it, still have fun with the audience. But I'm with you. I don't know if I want to put in all the extra hours to watch each of these episodes multiple times and outline it and, and chat through it. I just want answers. That's all I want. Give me okay, answers. Well, I've got questions. All right, let's hear your questions. <laughs> okay, so just a couple of things just to kind of wrap up before we jump off that I thought were just kind of either interesting notes or potential questions just to kind of ask. I know you don't have the answer, so I'll just throw them out to the audience and they can ponder them as well. Uh, just some callbacks they had in the very first episode where Amy drew that picture of, you know, heaven when they were at church. 
if you go back and look at that, and I can't remember if we talked about this specifically, but everybody in that picture, it's the whole family. Rebecca's there, everybody's there, and they're all wearing yellow. Um, and all the people in the background are wearing kind of like uh, blue jumpsuits or something like that. So it's just kind of interesting that the whole idea of uh, Future Autumn is, you know, in these yellow jumpsuits in this cult. We don't get any sort of tie-in as to why the yellow is important outside of her earlier saying like it's a powerful color. But I thought that was kind of cool and kind of an interesting little nod from the very first episode in the pilot. Um, one thing with Royal throughout the whole season, he's apparently the only character that we've seen do time jumps that can go both forward and backwards in time, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, and maybe because of this fact, he can potentially like unknowingly like open these voids, like he can control them somehow because he obviously jumped into the void and jumped forward 82 years. And then when he later gets pushed into the void, he jumps forward to and then jumps right back in and then comes back to. So kind of interesting thing that Royal has some sort of unique um, relationship with these time elements and minerals that they're um, working with. Sure. Do you think, too, we talked about this a little bit, like the idea of is is that actually dead Royal um, that we see in kind of that future timeline or? Uh, or vision that he had, or are there other timelines? I think you kind of theorized about the scar, which I think is kind of interesting. It's something to kind of pull on, but the show doesn't give us enough to really dive too deep down that rabbit hole quite yet. We know Autumn lives, so there is very much the chance that Autumn will live and Royal will die in the barn with Autumn wearing a yellow jumpsuit. So I think that Mm -hmm. that timeline can still happen. Yeah, agreed. Um, is Royal Kronos. We got the big Kronos like speech in the very opening thing. Like is is Royal like a incarnate of Kronos that's being cast down to earth and having to live his life as a I don't know, a cursed rancher? Probably not. Just thought it was interesting. Listen, if the gods want to curse me, please curse me as someone who owns thousands of acres <laughs> in Wyoming. I will take that curse and I will run with it. I mean, there's the obvious thing that if you rearrange the letters of Royal and Kronos, I mean, it, it spells the same <laughs> thing um, based on how you spell Royal if you spell it with a K. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. He doesn't seem like an all-knowing god. If he's a god, he's forgotten a lot of things. And um, <laughs> gonna be I'm just thinking to his prayer where he's yelling at God. Uh, so yeah i don't know i don't think he's grown us i don't think we've i don't think we're we're going that supernatural okay okay um when now now that we know autumn is amy amy is autumn it's interesting to go back and think of those times where they met um because i think at that point autumn didn't she didn't really know because we established she didn't know what her first nine years of her life were so she didn't know about like her being Amy. So when she runs into Amy, she doesn't know that this is a kid version of her. So she's kind of surprised. Um, and then later on, when she asked Perry for a picture of Rebecca, that's when you kind of, you can go back and watch that scene. She kind of looks at the picture and kind of gives like a wide eyed look, like confirming that, okay, this is my mom. I am Amy. I am a version of it. And I think that is kind of like the catalyst for later events of like, she knows now she's like a time jumper and she's involved in this somehow. Um, and is likely why she kind of jumps off the deep end in episode seven and, and eight and thinks that she's like a um, some sort of, you know, Mother Earth goddess or something. I'm not sure. 
Oh, I could want, I could listen to her speech over and over again <laughs> as she screams in that Dairy Queen back, uh, Dairy Queen, no, Dippies, in that Dippies bathroom. Dippies. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I don't know. As you were talking, part of me was kind of like, I wonder if I started episode one and rewatch all of these, whether or not there's a lot of stuff you would catch knowing what you know. But I think we knew that Amy and Autumn were likely the same person and i don't feel like yeah it... we had it in our minds so we were thinking about it mm-hmm. mm, i don't know but that was about it the only thing i had was potentially about you know who was rebecca hiding from i was super bummed like you had mentioned about not getting more of rebecca and, and what's going on with that story and seemingly they're going to keep it a mystery and until they do a, a season two but my assumption is that yeah rebecca is is hiding from royal and we would get more of of what that uh, relationship is and what came of it and why she disappeared in the first place. Well, I mean, my only questions, Tom, are the major ones. Will Rhett and Maria get married? Um, (laughs) That's important to me. And that's really the only question I care about. So I'm going to watch season two just to find out whether or not those crazy kids make it. What about Um, Joy? What about Sheriff Joy, right? Like, she's just seemingly stuck in... (laughs) Who knows where? This show is that like is such hey, a cool we're character. Sending you to the past. Just... <laughs> Good luck. We yeah. know she comes back, right? Like, how long She's does it take the... her to come back? Well, that's the. Well, now what the question is: Is that flash forward from Royal? Is that a reliable narrative? Like, are any of the flash forwards a reliable narrative? Are they just one timeline so... that could possibly happen, or are they timelines that are destined to happen? I know we probably don't want to continue to theorize because we don't know anything, and this is all just ridiculous. Because the show doesn't tell us anything, Tom. <laughs> if if we're to believe that that jump forward two years, like now going back after watching the whole series and thinking about, okay, there's a countdown timer. We see all these like oil derricks or mining equipment in the background that's taking away all these like time minerals. If the idea is that you know time truly is a a substance or you know something you can physically hold on to like autumn had mentioned in one of the previous episodes does this r or by9 company that comes and does all this mining are they able to control time in some form or fashion and like you had that countdown timer that's flashing zero when royal appears so like maybe they did some science stuff and figured out when he was going to come back and like I don't know. I feel like there's just so much that can be done with the concept of time is a mineral and you can mine it and you could utilize it. It's a super cool sci-fi concept, but we've just got nothing to to go on. And it's not worth probably going down any more void holes to figure it out. I'd rather just go spelunking. Yeah, I'm with you. Let's spelunk. <laughs> no more void holes. Um, that is a fun idea of like, hey, if you could bottle time and sell it, um Mm -hmm. like what would happen there uh yeah no this was a good time talking about it uh we appreciate those of you that have stuck it out i guess i mean apologies that the show (laughs) wasn't exactly what it wanted what we wanted it to be but you know we don't know when we start a show um, well, and again, if you liked it and you like if, if we missed something or there were some cooler elements or something like that, like let us know. We'd appreciate it. Um, again, you can always reach out to us at Themeage Podcast, uh, gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, um, and let us know. Because again, we've got, got some audience participation throughout and got some, some theories, which we always appreciate. And I'm sure there's this is a kind of show that's going to have um, probably people on a lot of sides of the camp. Because some people I do think like that that mystery and don't need everything wrapped up in a bow 
Yep, I agree. And as I mentioned last episode, Tom and I are heroes. And if you would like to donate <laughs> to your heroes, um, I still haven't gotten the domain yet. But um, ironically, our donation website is called redcross.org. Go put money through there. Uh, and that, I believe, goes directly to our pockets. So please mm-hmm. donate at redcross.org. And please. Uh, so that Tom and I can t- continue to do this instead of day jobs. Um, <laughs> we're going to come back with something else eventually, and what that is will depend on the amount of money we receive through our other website, redcross.org. <laughs> redcross.org backslash OnlyFans. <laughs> uh, I'm going to type that in and see what happens. Anyways, we appreciate uh, all of you that have joined us. Those of you that have written us or made comments, uh, it's always fun to interact with the people that listen to two dumb idiots talk about a show that (laughs) confused us. Um, But we'll see you next time. I have been Julian. And I have been Cowboy Yeehaw Tom. See you in the next timeline, everybody.